Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud and get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. Email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com or follow me on Twitter at Josh High False. There are two giant sketch comedy shows this week. First, Secret Pants presents their annual show at Johnny Brenda's, the federally mandated Christmas variety show on December 22nd at 9 p.m. Also at Good Good Comedy, past and current members of Manny Petty return at 8.30 on December 22nd to present Nasty AF, a Manny Petty retrospective. And you really can't go wrong with either show, so check one of them out. Today's guest is Kurt Reedy, currently a member of High Drama and a producer of Philly Sketchfest. His first sketch, written for video, is Pants. Kurt plays Ricky and another employee later in the sketch. Tom Hannigan plays the boss. I play another unnamed employee and provide any visual information. So let's go to the sketch. A boss sits scribbling notes on his office desk, uh, holding a phone to his ear with his shoulder nodding. An employee, Ricky, pokes his head around the door of the office. You, uh, you wanted to see me, sir? Boss looks up and nods. He waves Ricky in and puts down the phone. Oh, Ricky, yes. Come on in. Have a seat. Boss folds his hands and looks Ricky directly in the eye. Ricky sits down, glancing at the boss. He looks around, mildly confused. Boss stares intently at Ricky, avoiding eye contact for as long as possible. Ricky finally stares directly at Boss, scared and nodding. Both men stare at each other. The boss squints inquisitively and finally speaks. Um, Ricky, where did you get those pants? Ricky begins to fumble a bit in his seat. Uh, pants? Oh, these? I, I just I just bought... Wait, wait what? <laughs> Why would... Pants? Please. Shot above the waist, Ricky stands up to reveal a nicely folded pair of khakis in his hand. Oh, sorry. He holds the pants out like an offering to the boss. The boss stands and receives the pants, revealing he is only wearing boxers. Nodding in embarrassment, Ricky puts his head down and turns to go. Thank you, Ricky. Uh, No, thank you, sir. Ricky begins to make his way out the door, a uh, POV shot of just outside the office. The boss is seated again, seated again, looking down at his paperwork. He pauses for a second, then looks back up at Ricky. Oh, and Ricky. Ricky in doorway raises his head slightly, full of hope. He turns around and faces the camera. Yes, sir? Stay out of my private bathroom. Wow, that, but it's, it's a great bathroom, sir. By the way, I mean, you got the shower and you, you got the... Uh... Especially the shower area. Really. I can't stress that enough. Don't steal my pants anymore. No, sir, I won't. I, I wouldn't. Ricky, my pants. This is the third time this week you tried to steal my pants. I know, I know, and I, I, I'm really sorry. It, it honestly won't happen again. I mean it. It, it really... Ricky, leave the pants alone. I completely understand. Yes, I, I got it. Key point, the pants. Off limits, the pants, the bathroom, the shower. But yes, especially the pants. All of them off limits. The pants, got it. No more stealing. And the bathroom and the shower. And the bathroom and the shower, right. No more of that. Thank you, Ricky. I appreciate your honesty, and I would really like you to continue working with you. Absolutely, sir. You betcha. As Ricky walks out of the office, he begins to turn to the right. 
Um, excuse me. Excuse me, Ricky. Ricky hesitates, confused for a second, then turns around and pokes his head back into the office. Uh, yes, sir? You're heading towards my bathroom. Oh, really? I, I thought it was the, uh, the water fountain. No, there's no water fountain back there. Just my private bathroom. But, you know, the faucets are kind of like, like fountains when they, they sprinkle, so, so technically I... No, they're not. Nor is my private shower. Aha, see, but, but no pants. Ricky points at the pants lying on top of the uh, boss's desk. Yes, but we both know I keep a clean pair of pants in there aside the shower. Really? I, I didn't know. Yes, yes you did. You know because you stole them. Ricky opens his mouth looking for something to say. Ricky, please. You're a hard worker. Really, an excellent worker. In fact, when you're not trying to steal my pants... Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Okay, Ricky. You can tell me that by not stealing my pants anymore. Now go back to work to your left. You make a left when you leave my office. A left. Absolutely. Ricky turns around and begins to go left. He signals to the boss that he's going in that direction. Boss, about to pick up the phone, again acknowledges him, smiles, and nods. boy, Ricky. Thanks again. Cut to interior of the office moments later. A dejected Ricky walks back to his cubicle, tears welling up in his face. Oh, kitty, I can't... I can't, I, I can't live like this. Another employee pops his head over Ricky's cubicle. Not letting you take the pants anymore, is he? No. Employee, employee looks pained and shakes his head. Ricky lowers his head towards the desk. Hey, 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 I'm Ricky. Ricky looks up, his eyes cry, red from crying. These are for you. Tosses a pair of pants over the cubicle to Ricky. The employee comes fully into frame, revealing to he's wearing boxers. The employee turns to go. Shortly after his exit, another pair of pants falls on into Ricky's lap. Then another, then another. Ricky is shocked at first and full of joy when he realizes all of his co-workers have lined up to throw him the, their pants. Three cheers for Ricky, the office's new super cool president of pants inspection. Applause continues. Ricky grins and waves, holding back happy tears. He looks over to the crowd and sees his boss standing off to the side. Boss holds up a big pair of pants and smiles. The boss rubs the pair against his face and makes a big wow impression. He tosses them up to Ricky, who grabs them and holds them tight. The boss gives Ricky a big thumbs up. From off screen, the rest of the crowd throws their pants in the air. Ricky, so into the moment, reaches out and tries to grab them all. Holding a large number of pants, he jumps up, literally covered in pants. He embraces them all with a big, bright smile. Oh my god, they've used the wrong detergent! Isn't Ricky allergic to that detergent? We hear the crowd gasp that sad music plays. The shot of Ricky still grinning and holding his beloved pants turns into a freeze frame. R.I.P. appears over top. The end. Hey, Kurt. Hey. Uh, So where did this come from? This sketch. So this is kind of this is an interesting story. So when I um, I wrote this, I actually wrote this, um, I believe in uh, 2003, actually four. It was right when I graduated college. I um, I know I wrote this after college. It's, it's sad, <laughs> isn't it? It's pretty sad. Um, but um, I've never written a sketch before, and I saw that um, Kevin Allison was doing a like a summer long intensive sketch workshop at the pit in New York City mm-hmm. and he needed three examples of sketch work so I'm like I should probably start writing sketches for this um, so I wrote three pieces I have no idea what the other two were but this is the first one that I wrote 
and uh, submitted. So it's kind of cool. The first sketch they ever wrote was actually read by Kevin Allison. Yeah, so. that, would, that is pretty cool. Um, so you took a you took a sketching intensive class with Kevin Allison at the pit. Yes, that was like back in 2004. I think it was um, eight weeks long. Um, we met like two or three times a week. And then uh, at the end, we did like the class show. And it was actually kind of cool. He um, he actually performed in everyone's sketches with them. Oh, wow. Which was awesome. So like it was fun. It was like one of the first sketches I ever wrote. Kevin Allison was performing beside me in a sketch. So, so he was stuck throwing pants at you? Or <laughs> well, this was the like. <laughs> <laughs> or one of the other ones. Yeah, it was another one, thankfully. Um, this one never never made it to air. Okay. Um, this is just what got me into the class, which was good. Um, yeah, it was this weird sketch that I wrote. It was like um, a musical, a sketch musical about um, the daytime office workers and the janitorial staff having like a, a battle off. Okay. <laughs> a dueling musical battle off. And so he was the boss. Where where did you hear about the show? I mean, with, with this class with Kevin Allison? Like, yeah, because it was way back in the day. So like couldn't even tell you how I first discovered it. Um, I think I found out that there was, um, it was I think right around the time the uh, the People's Improv Theater in New York City just Because I was going to say, up. it had to be pretty early yeah. on in their existence too. Like. Oh, it definitely was. So, strange story, like as, um, after I got accepted, uh, we started taking the class and the pit, I think, was still being built, I want to say. So, um, our first couple classes we didn't even actually have at the People's Improv Theater. We actually had it at Kevin Allison's boyfriend's dojo. <laughs> <laughs> Which was one of the most surreal experiences for me because I actually showed up at the dojo. I was the first person that showed up. Kevin Allison was setting up chairs around like the fake like sparring dummies. He's <laughs> like, can you give me a hand with this? So I'm like awkwardly <laughs> like setting up chairs with Kevin Allison completely starstruck. Because I, I remember reading the um that oral history of the state and like the pit was really what got Kevin Allison back into comedy for the most part because you know he had done all um like auditioning and stuff but he wasn't making it yeah I think and he, he was, was like basically like a cater waiter for a while yeah, yeah he told us that him and Joe were yeah. catering like post state like while the rest of the guys were doing um wet hot and Stella and like, all yeah, that kind of stuff half the group so. moved to L A and like yeah. um. So where where does comedy come from for you? Like what what were you into as a kid? What hooked you in? Um I mean, the state were like that's kind of like why it was so cool doing that. They were sort of my comedy heroes back in the day. They were like the other rock stars of the whole thing and then along with, you know, obviously like Mid-90s Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You got to give it up for that and then reruns Kids in the Hall back in the day. That's sort of a, you know, that was my babysitter every afternoon and late Saturday night. So it's pretty phenomenal. Who would who's the the Saturday Live person? Who's your favorite Saturday Live cast member? Man, it's got to be Jay Moore for me, guys. I mean, <laughs> come on, he's rocks. Didn't he like write a book about yes. being behind the scenes? Um, Did anyone read the book? I I have it. I I know I have it. Um, so um, but ba uh, back in episode six, yeah. Jackie Wolfson said she thought she had a wrong answer. <laughs> you just gave a wrong answer. I know. <laughs> like joking around. Um, it's got to be like you know they. Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, and um, obviously Phil Hartman. I, I want to say Phil Hartman because, but I feel like everybody that's like, you know, the scholared SNL professional I, I, yeah. says Phil Hartman. And like, I 100% agree. He like enlivened every sketch he was in. But like, I feel like I was 
pretty fully formed by like Mike Myers and Dana Carvey back yeah. in the day, just because okay. like I just worship those guys. Um, and then I mean I can't lie, Jim Carrey on In Living Color was like yeah. a huge. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, I haven't heard many people talk about In Living Color after doing this. Like honestly, I, I doesn't. If you watch it now, the sketches don't uh, it, hold it up is at all. Very dated. Yeah, and like I think it's like a source of embarrassment for a lot of people that they're like, I watched Jim Carrey because he made funny faces yeah. on that show, and that yeah, like I remember when Ace Ventura came out, and I was seeing like the short like thirty second trailers on mm. television. I remember as a kid taping those on a VCR <laughs> and rewinding it and just watching the trailer over and over again so I could see his dumb faces. So you were like the obsessive nerds that are watching the Star Wars trailers over and over again just with but Jim Cayley on a, on a VCR. Yeah, it's just That's fantastic. Making his weird circle face before he falls into the shark bat. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, so that, was, that was me at 10. <laughs> so what – I mean, you're watching you, – love the state you love snl yeah what prompts you to get into it because like um, how do you get to oh kevin allison's doing class let me go to there like yeah it was interesting because like back in high school i was like in like a like a punk band you know like doing pop punk and shitty shitty songs and stuff like that and like i was doing pretty well you know we got to like play with like real big fish and the ataris and all these other kind of things just open up for them and stuff like that that broke up um, and I was just kind of lost. I ended up getting like, um, you know, I was still in school, ended up getting an English degree, writing a lot. And then, but I felt like all my writing that I did for that, like sort of veered towards comedy. Um, mm -hmm. and I just got really into that and doing like comedy writing. And I'm like, how can I, I'm like, how can I sort of like channel this into something? And I'm like, comedy, I've always loved comedy. Yeah. I've always loved writing. So I was looking into like, after I graduated from college, I was looking for, you know, just sort of any sort of comedy classes that kind of like extend, you know, this sort of momentum that I was experiencing. And it wasn't necessarily acting I wanted to get into. Mm -hmm. So and I'm like, what can I do to channel this? And I was looking stuff up. I found the pit. I found that Kevin Hellison was doing a, a summer workshop. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is perfect. And this is right after like this you graduate and that summer. is Yeah, it was that summer. I okay. ended up doing it. So it was very cool. Very cool. And um, it was just it was a weird time because they were all sort of like in flux so like david wayne came to the the class and joe latrulio like watched our show that's yeah, crazy it was really cool and he gave me notes afterwards <laughs> and i died a little bit inside it was wonderful were they good notes were they like they were helpful notes, notes. He, he loved the, he loved my sketch and he's like oh, i love the musical blah 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 <laughs> and like i remember being at a bar having a conversation about my sketch with joe latrulio and kevin allison it was just it was very surreal. It's very crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, uh, Kevin Allison did a couple of things with Fit here yeah. in Philly for a while. And I was, I think, in that last one that did his, like, it was eight weeks of, and you'd write a show. Yeah. But he wasn't in anything. He just directed it, which yeah. uh, we learned very quickly that Kevin Allison loves poop jokes. He is a and big fan of poop jokes. Every sketch could not have more poop jokes. If, the, if there was a single poop joke one, he wanted like tripled and like <laughs> <laughs> he was like, let's do another one there. Like let's go and uh, just a very surreal moment because I had just really discovered the state at that point because they had just come on DVD and I bought it and I like ran through the entire series and then just like oh Kevin Allison's right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep, that was my experience every day. Uh, so all right, 2004 at the pit. What comes next? So that was that was a weird time for me because like 
I was basically commuting from, uh, I lived in the Leah Valley, so I was commuting from there to New York and back. That sounds and awful. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was like three times a week. You got a bus pass. It was kind of exciting. You're out of college. You're, like, trying to figure things out. So I did the class. It was amazing. And it was just, you know, everything was just amplified. And I wanted to keep that momentum. So I, like, <laughs> sublet an apartment in New York. And, like, nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> nothing. Because, again, it's 2004. Like, you really don't have any outlet. There's, like, hand, like a spattering of things. There's, like, mm. Monster.com and CareerBuilder yeah. back then. And you're like, I don't know where to go or what to do. Um, so I actually, this is a, this is another cool story. So I tried to piggyback on that momentum and I ended up, um, it was right around the time that, are you familiar with Stella? Yeah. That was like the post state work. Um, their first season just aired and I'm like, what can I do? I know Kevin Allison. So I wrote a spec script for Stella. Okay. Um, wrote that, um, it, was, uh, it wasn't bad if I remember, I haven't looked at it since then. Um, submitted to, uh, Kevin and um i just kind of figured that would be the end of it um and this was one of the most anxiety ridden times of my life um a couple weeks later i actually got a random email from david wayne what yeah and it was just signed dw (laughs) (laughs) and um he was just like hey we're waiting to see if we're getting uh, clearance on on stella season two we'll let you know and for weeks i was just like (gasps) And then it was canceled. Yeah, like so theoretically, if Stella got a second season, your life could be it would entirely I, different, completely different trajectory. Wow. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's just kind of cool that that happened. That was sort of my my SNL audition moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, where it just it's this big build up, and then it didn't happen. But um, <laughs> Mark Marin obsesses over his SNL audition. Now you're <laughs> obsessing over the Stella yeah. spec script. That's yeah, basically. Let's create that story. Yeah, seriously. That's, but that's really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, a smart man would have like emailed him a, like a month later and be like, "Hey, what else are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> but instead, I'm just like, "I so failed." The ten? Okay. <laughs> so then, where does? How do we fast forward to? Um. So after that, I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck! I really want to continue doing comedy. So I um I had a bunch of like filmmaker friends in the Lehigh Valley. Um, they were kind of theater slash filmmaker people. So I'm like, I want to do a sketch troupe. Mm. Like I'm, I just, I have all these ideas. I have all the stuff and they're like, okay, <laughs> like not, not terribly enthused about comedy, but they liked working with me and they were all really, really funny guys. Um, so they're like, sure, let's do a sketch troupe. So, uh, we formed a sketch troupe like in 2005 or six called the Pippins. The Pippins. The Pippins. Like from like the musical Pippin or? No, they thought it was. I don't know. It, they came up with the name. I think it was a play off of the musical Pippin. Um, just because, like, when you say Pippin, you just sound, like, very, like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very prim and proper. Very, like very prim and proper and full of energy. The Pippins! Um, so they, they just loved that idea. Um, so we started doing a lot of, like, video sketches. And then I think around that time um, is when, like, Secret Pants and those guys were kind of doing their thing in Philly. And then I saw a lot of sketch troops were doing stuff in Philly. And then I'm like, hey, I was thinking about doing a comedy show, like a live comedy show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we developed a live comedy show. We actually got on, I think, one or two of like the Terror Dome shows back in the day. Okay. Um, and did that. And then we also, and then we came back to uh, the pit and did a show in New York City at the pit, I think once or twice. Um, and we, But mostly we're just really jazzed on doing like video sketches and stuff like that. Okay. So we've, we did that for a while. Does any of that still exist? Like... Um, is there is it like floating around online? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we can find. You can. Okay. <laughs> it's not. 
I'll start digging. It's not bad. It's very surreal. It's very bizarre stuff. Okay. We really love doing. Um, but I still kind of love it. I still kind of love it. Um, we tried to get together once a year and do like a little holiday video. Mm-hmm. So if you that stuff's a lot easier to find. Okay. Um, so we just we have a reoccurring basically like sketch story about Santa that we've been continuing for like the last wow. four years, which is fun. So then Pippin's. How does Pippins go to? How do you go from Pippins to high drama? To high drama. Um, so we kind of, we didn't really break up as we just sort of like dissipated. Every like a lot of the group started having kids. Yeah. I moved out. I moved closer to Philly. Didn't really interact with um, them as often to warrant having a sketch comedy troupe. Yeah. So um, started working at um, this uh, like e-commerce retailer as a copywriter in uh, Malvern, and that's where I met DC. Okay. Um, because he came on board and he's like, "Hey, uh, it was kind of at the tail end of the Pippins that I met him, and he's like, oh, I have a comedy troupe too. We uh, perform once a month and hmm. uh, at the Walking Fish in, in Philly.' So you weren't even like a, a founding member of no High Drama, not even wow. a little, not even a little. Um, so, but new. like, I feel like there was like this tense rivalry with us at the beginning. We're like, I have a comedy troupe. Yeah, I have a comedy <laughs> troupe too. <laughs> we were like." who's funny in the office is probably DC. Um, but um, after the Pippins dissipated, um, I started writing a half hour comedy pilot that I've always wanted to write. Okay. Um, so I wrote that. I was really, really happy with the script and started casting it. And, um, you know, I tapped DC cause I knew I went to go see one of the high drama shows, loved it. And um, so I actually had a lot of the members of high drama come out for the comedy pilot I was casting okay. and I ended up casting, I think, um, there's a m- cast member, Johnny Smith, who's now in New York as an actor. Um, I cast him, I cast Jackie and DC in a few small roles. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they were all in the the pilot that I, I produced and I just had such a great time working with them. I started writing a couple sketches for high drama. What was the, the end game for this pilot? Was it just as a, an experience where you just putting something out there? It was kind of just putting something out there. I want to just kind of take a stab at seeing like if I wrote, directed, and produced a comedy pilot um, and had it, I wasn't intending to make it a web series. I wanted mm-hmm. to see what it was like to try to sell a pilot. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And, you know, obviously it's very difficult to sell a pilot with no connection. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, I kind of had like a few quick hits, but like, yeah, it just kind of dissipated. Mm-hmm. But it was mostly it was just sort of like a creative workshop for me to just kind of see what it was like and what you had to go through to produce that. And then, so Hydram is doing their, their walking fish They're doing residency. Their walk- yes. Um, so after like, you know, I was doing what I could with the pilot. Um, I just realized how much fun I had working with those guys and I was still coming up with sketch ideas mm-hmm. that I couldn't really do with the Pippins anymore. So I was still writing. Um, and then I'm like, Hey, I have some sketches. You guys want to check them out? And then um, they read them, really liked them. They want to put them on their feet. And they're like, well, what about you being on stage with us? I'm like, okay. So you weaseled your way in. I did. I did. <laughs> like, I kind of didn't want to act anymore. And I very much have continued to do that with yeah. them and really love it. So, um, But, like, I, I just thought that you were one of the original. Like, I didn't realize that you had... You've been corrected on this before. Gosh. I've been corrected a lot. Like <laughs> that's fine. That's perfectly. My assumptions are half the show. Um, so with all right, you have high drama, and now you're one of the producers of Philly Sketch Fest. You're, yes. Where did that come about? How did you? So I was in high drama for about a year doing shows with them, strictly at the Walking Fish Theater, um, and I think they've 
they played out at a couple festivals before I joined the group, but like they were kind of like very inclusive with the walking fish. They were very tied to that. Yeah. And like, honestly, they had a great gig. They like basically had a monthly slot every month. Like that, that um, walking fish at the time was doing fantastic promotion. So they were doing posters and postcards and mailing lists. So like they would have full shows three nights in a row. Like it was, it was a great gig for them. Um, and us when I was a part of it. Um, but I'm like, I, I knew other stuff was going on in, in Philly and like I worked with Secret Pants before, like on a couple shows and things like that. And like I knew that we could really get integrated a little bit more with the comedy yeah. scene if we really branched out. Because so. I we've mentioned this before, yeah. Walking Fish was a whole nother world. Yeah, it was a whole really, nother thing. Like And you weren't really getting comedy fans, you were getting appreciative theater fans. Yeah. Which still loved the show because they those are the type of people that never go out to see comedy shows. Right. So they were having a blast, but I'm like, I, I just felt like we were missing a connection. Yes. Um, so I really kind of pushed to like get us more involved in festivals and things like that. Um, I think they did do Dirty a Sketch once before, um, but I think the second year they did it was with me, and that's when we did the Parasitic Twins sketch right. um, with me and Sarah. And we ended up winning, which was awesome. Um, but we just had a great time doing that. We really got to know Ben and then, um, Ben asked me DC and Jackie, if we wanted to help out with the next year's Philly sketch fest, which we did. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm kind of the only hanger yeah. on and then I became a producer with Ben and, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for the last couple of years and with, uh, Brian Kelly as well over mm -hmm. the last year, which was amazing. He's been a phenomenal help kind of building this thing and making it as good as it can be. Um, so why comedy? Why wh what drew you to comedy? What is it that? Why do you do it? It's something I always feel back. Even when I was doing like you know serious writing or trying to be a musician and stuff like that, like I felt like all of those things, like it always ended up veering towards comedy. And I always have had like a goofy sort of, I don't know. I've just had like that sort of personality that lends me to that. And like, mm -hmm. I think inherently whether I'm trying to be serious or not, like people will still end up laughing at me. Yeah. So it's just one of those things that like, you might not necessarily be able to pull off like King Lear or something no, or something no, tragic or so. highly dramatic. I feel people always have seen like, the comedic aspect behind my eyes even when i'm dirt serious i think people actually get freaked out when i'm actually angry because they don't <laughs> understand what's happening <laughs> um well that's always that's a positive thing that yeah. like maybe yeah. you're not angry enough or <laughs> but i think I, I legitimately freak people out when i'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> upset and they're like this the world is like shifted on its axis because kurt's not a happy person right now and then like <laughs> you've been doing this for a while and you've had some opportunities to mentor people like you've done iron sketch and you've you did uh, a group with braised steaks which mm -hmm. and then later on you and i worked together on iron sketch yes. so what is something that you could tell a new writer or like what's a piece of advice for someone um i think like it's it's always great to break out of your comfort zone and like i really strongly encourage you to absorb as many different types of comedy and drama and basically other at like like if you just live in a purely comedic world you're not pulling from sources that you can find comedy in yeah and i feel it's it's best to be as cultured as possible and then pull the comedy from those sources you know like i think a lot of people live in a comedy bubble like we're like i like what i like and i only want to watch this type of thing and 
I feel like you're you're doing yourself a, a disservice by not absorbing that much and infusing it into your work. Um, so I I mean that's really what I can encourage enough. And like when I st- first started writing, I started writing a lot of like really goofy, bizarre stuff. Mm-hmm. And like when you break out of your comfort zone and try to write something new, try to write something based off a premise, and try to write something based off like a subject matter that you haven't approached, it really offers you an opportunity to research that subject and then find material that you might not have previously thought of that wasn't even in your wheelhouse before. So I think it's really just kind of get stepping out of your comfort zone and branching out. But like, I mean, people always say go with what you know, but it's incorporating go with what you know while constantly trying to like get to learn new stuff. Know new stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think having a voice is so, so important. Um, but it's taking that voice and applying it to things that you might not have before. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Kurt. No problem. Start your new year with some comedy as Philly Sketchfest presents returns with Sketch Hangover on New Year's Day at the playground at the Adrian. More information about that should be online shortly. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly in general, visit watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like My First Sketch on Facebook, this is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy and try to enjoy your holiday week. Whatever you celebrate, enjoy it.